How do you decrease churn in your agency? It's a major problem if you're trying to grow, but clients are just falling out of the bottom. In this conversation with Scott Zetlin, we talk about how he does it and the general principles of decreasing churn in your agency. Now he does it with technology, but we also go over how you can do it with services. So let's dive in to this episode of Agency Exits. Hey, Raj Jha here on another episode of Agency Exits. I'm here with Scott Zetlin of Viziop about a whole bunch of stuff around services and technology. So welcome, Scott. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So Scott, let's just kick off by hearing a bit about your story because uh, I've had a bunch of interviews with agency owners and it, those have mostly been focused on, okay, I had an agency platform and I did something with it, but you've got an interesting sandwich that is a different spin on this that yep. got you to a high value asset. So maybe you can just start with a summary of where you came from and how you got here. Sure. So I'll just, instead of going way, way back, we'll start it at <laughs> the story here. We don't want to bore people back. But right. uh, we, uh, we that, actually that 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, when we got started, we became an accidental agency, I think is the best way for your audience, the people listening to, to be able to talk about. We had no intention of ever becoming an agency at all. So we had built in the conversion space and the optimization space, which we're passionate about, a platform and had spent literally, I don't want to tell you how many years, building it alongside other businesses, other product-based businesses. So we'd always been into optimization and conversion. Anyways, when we were ready to launch this to the market, the first thing, being a good marketer, is to start you know, dialing for dollars, so to speak. We were offering right. it for free, doing case studies. I wanted to find out about the market. We spoke with just about every CRO agency that was out there and all my contacts. And the same theme kept coming up. We would do case studies just free at first. We would get phenomenal results. And then the question came, Scott, can you do this for me? <laughs> okay, we weren't planning to it, but and it literally took place like that. In fact, one of my first clients is the one who actually he gave me the pricing and because I had no clue what to price it at, what we're offering. It was just completely caught by, you know, caught by surprise. Um, we had never planned this out or figured it out or compared from an agency. So that's sort of how we got in as far as the start of an agency style model. Um, now, to continue, we took that product. It turned out to be one of the biggest blessings ever. So we didn't, you know, we ended up working with a tremendous amount of clients that we love. We got to experience a ton of industries, but more important than that, we realized that what we didn't know, you build a product or you think you have a service, you think you have a product and you don't realize all the just nitty gritty out there that you don't know, different platforms, mm -hmm. different ways people are using the particular tool. What we thought for our own businesses and we were using it in our own businesses was the greatest thing. Other people had different thoughts about. And so it was just a, I would say this part of our journey, we still do this, but it's a smaller part, was a two year journey dealing with clients. And it was the absolute best thing we could ever do. I'll just let you know that the end result of that was a phenomenal product that we could offer to the marketplace. And looking back in hindsight, had we done what some people think is a more traditional route, you, you build it, you throw it up, you put some ads up, we would have had a disaster. Right, right. I mean, it's the it's the old on the product side. So 
um, you know, my background, I've been in Silicon Valley for so long and there's so many people who fall in love with the product idea and they, you know, if you build it, they will come. Right. And, And they just assume that the product speaks for itself, but in actuality, they haven't, you know, it doesn't survive first contact with the marketplace. And so it sounds like you, you kind of had that journey in the, in the sense that you built something, but refining how it would be um, used and how it would be accepted by the marketplace is what an agency component, a services component did for the business. 100%. I used to tease my wife. At the very least, we got a very, very expensive paperweight, right? That I'll use in my paperweight, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, you are 100% right. And I think people make a mistake, especially if you're not backed by... VC and have tremendous amount of dollars to potentially waste and rebrand yourself, I think it can be dangerous. I think the lesson we learned, and we learned by doing it the right way, even though it was accidental, was to not jump the gun. I think too many people trying to put a product out there in the same way you said, they fall in love with their product, or they think it's the best thing since top liver, or maybe they just think it's good enough. And in the world of social media, we are in a very, very small world. And my biggest fear before actually going out and bring it out there was putting out something that people wouldn't like or somebody had a problem with. And I'm, I'm sure we've all seen experiences of this. Bad word travels fast. And that mm-hmm. is almost impossible to come back from unless, again, you're just loaded with money and can continue to do rebranding. But it's a very bad thing. So I think just the world we live in, it's a smart move to make whatever. And you're right, from a perception standpoint, what we thought um, it was working for us, but you know, you need that feedback and it goes, I think a lot deeper than what some people talk about. It's, it's mm-hmm. deeper than having a few conversations. It's deeper than having a focus group. It's actually using it. And I'll just add one thing here. We have the added advantage of us using the tool for them. Mm-hmm. So if there was an issue early on, if there was a glitch, if there was something that wasn't quite working there, we were able to, with our tech team, take care of it immediately and take care of the client. So all of these improvements, because our base product worked exactly as advertised since the very beginning, but all right. of these backend improvements, all of these making it work with this platform versus this platform and anything else that took place was done sort of invisible to the customer. So we in no way negatively affected our brand the opposite was true. Our clients saw us jumping through hoops to take care of them and getting results. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's really interesting, though, because you're building value in an entity. We, we all are. Anyone who owns an agency or runs a tech company or whatever it is, you're all yeah. trying to build value in the agency. That value can come in a couple of ways, right? That can come in cash flow value, which is if you're a traditional services business, you're cash flowing it and you might sell. And whether you sell is going to, and, and what you're going to get for the sale is highly dependent on how you've structured it. And then there's yep. a tech business, which is often a zero, 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 something big type of business. So you've, you've meshed those two. So maybe you can share some of the learnings um, that you've got about how to take the services learnings and run a high performing services business yep. and meld it with the technology piece because it's it's culturally often very, very different in terms of the kind of asset you're building, but you've done both of those in parallel. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I want to think about that for a second. So basically, you know, we, I think that the advantage that we may have had, and I'll address this for other people that may be thinking of, of doing the same thing, we had sort of an unusual 
let's say, launch, not a traditional launch, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning as far as how we've gone about with our services, et cetera. So we came into this with the idea that our scalability would come from a product-based business. My background mm -hmm. had been in a product-based business. So just to repeat a little bit or backtrack, I think part of this is that, you know, the way we were able to form that culture internally is that we always had a goal that ultimately the product, the technology would be the area where we would have scalability and launch. So everything that we did, and I'm not sure if this answers your question, but everything we did as a service was not only geared at providing excellent service and results for our clients, but at the same time was geared towards how can we improve the platform so that mm -hmm. these questions, these issues, these problems that came up, not only wouldn't come up from, let's say, a technological standpoint, but let's say we were dealing with different platforms or different issues, that it was usable and easy to use for this particular situation. So we spent an inordinate amount of time. I mean, a lot longer. I haven't, and again, I don't, in, in my view, I haven't seen many companies spend as long as we did to actually launch the actual product. Because, mm -hmm. But remember, the product's been there all along. It's just been our team using that product. So if I had to give or just broaden this a little bit to anybody as far as from a cultural standpoint, I think that from my point of view, that services are certainly different from product. But you, the advantage you have as a service is that you are talking with your clients. Mm -hmm. And this gives you an opportunity that somebody who's just building a product-based business has to put themselves out. Very few do it. We recommend it all the time, by the way, on an optimization and conversion standpoint, actually to talk to your customers a certain way. But people would be shocked as to how few people actually do this. But to your, to, to your audience, who is already a service-based business, the advantage that they have is they're already in communication. They mm -hmm. already know their clients, hopefully, if they're paying attention, their clients' frustrations. They already know the problems. They already know what they don't like, what they like, how they're reacting to various things. And I think that those meshed really well together as we built. It, it's interesting because uh, you, know, you talk about it as a, you know, services versus technology, but uh, really the concept that's above all of those is solutions. Because ultimately the only reason somebody buys a technology or hires a service is for a yep. solution. And yep. so uh, an anecdote from, from my agency days so, you know, I had a thought that I should build a platform in my agency. So I started first by white labeling some things, gluing them together. There was a whole bunch of APIs going back and forth and yeah. we put together a solution, um, but it wasn't my IP, right? So it was a tool. So we didn't get all the way because what we had was somebody else's technology, not our owned technology, but we had a solution that was more effective. So essentially I was able to drive better margins and better results but still in a services context. So this is taking it a step further and actually doing the build to find that unique set of, of technologies there, but still it's a solution in a different wrapper. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, we'll probably get to this in this conversation. It's something we've talked about, I believe, and I talk about all the time. And I think one of the biggest issues that agency owners have and again, we're the accidental agency, so we've had a lot of experience with clients, but we didn't build, quote unquote, a traditional agency to sell. But one of the problems that I heard you talking about it, at least in that conversation, was having assets that you own, right? Mm -hmm. having something that differentiates yourself, 
that provide that alone, by the way, differentiate, I think it's something we could delve into is huge and a big, big problem, I think, taking place here for anybody listening. I think that the, anybody who's just building an agency, in my personal opinion, is without adding either specialized services, partnering mm -hmm. in the right way, getting themselves involved in actually the real growth of the company um, is on thin ice. And so, ground, thin ice, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever analogy we can think of or, or story. So to your point, I think that anybody, and, and I think that, you know, I'm not sure of what exactly you built, but you're, the other part of that is, yeah, the pro there is a problem in any world when you don't control the pieces or <laughs> the solution. Uh, right. When you don't control the IP, especially where we're talking about here in both the value you can provide, mm -hmm. the stability of that value, and ultimately your ability, if that is your goal, to sell that asset, you know, it's going to be very, very difficult if it's something that can be easily replicated or is somebody else's IP. So I think there's a lot of things going on there that are great and a huge, huge leap forward versus most agencies who are, let's face it, I'm going to buy traffic for you. And then you have a million other people. And I don't mean to simplify this for people. I'm going to buy traffic too. And mm -hmm. the market, something I harp on all the time, at least the perception of the market is, and we can talk about this if you want, but that all agencies are interchangeable. That doesn't mean that right. people listening, there aren't some phenomenal media buyers or other types of agencies, but it's not about that. It's about perception. So I think another piece of this is, and I think that whether you are hobbling together, as you put, various pieces, I think it's a huge step forward because most agencies are putting their shingle out and say, we can buy more media for you, right? Mm -hmm. Or we can do it better. And the question becomes why? And there's no real definitive answer in today if that's all you're doing. Yeah. So there's that, that is a really interesting point. I mean, I often talk about there's two ways to think of the, the, uh, most agencies that, that you should focus on, either be horizontal or vertical. In other words, go into a specific niche. So mine was legal. So that's yep. all we did. We only did legal. And if an you know, accounting firm came along, sorry, we don't do an accounting firm. Uh, so that's one way. Or it is a you know, or horizontal. It's like, we will only do email marketing. We will only do... So you have to think about how do you slice the universe to be unique. But then beyond that, that very often can get a prospect interested. But how do you keep them? Because someone else is going to come along and say, oh, we also only do legal. And then, then what's your differentiator? What, what processes, what systems, what technology do you have to, to keep them uh, engaged? Because it's very easy for them to say, oh, well, it's been a bad couple months because there's always a bad couple months, if not a bad quarter or two. How do you yep. keep them engaged? I mean, what we tried to do by way of example is we would see it across multiple law firms. So if you're looking at 20 law firms doing the exact same thing, and we could say, oh, well, this is working here, or your benchmark is this compared to that. And that might be because you, Mr. Lawyer, are not being as aggressive as this other one, or you've stated it in a different way. So that's one way which you could add value to increase retention. But unless you've got something, what is that something that's keeping them there, I think is the question. Yeah, you know, you hit, and I just made a couple of notes, you hit a couple of very major issues. Retention and churn are huge. We talk with a lot of agency owners, and it's the thing a lot of people don't really talk about. And I think that there's a lot that can go into this that we could talk about. But top ahead is that 
you know, when you're perceived, whether it's real or not, as a quote unquote me too, or as a commodity, that's when things start getting different, you know, difficult. And you start talking, you're talking about, you know, like in your niche, which is smart, but then we talk about, you know, Eugene, Eugene Schwartz, right. And breakthrough advertising and market awareness. And then what happens, right? We all try to, they try to either up the claims or reduce the amount of, you know, the cost or crazy offer it. And all that can only get you so far. So I think one of the biggest issues right now, as far as I see it, is that the reason there is usually a lot of churn is most agencies or most people are looking at agencies as a fix to their problem. When the problem isn't on the traffic side, there are a lot of people taking traffic, and I know it could be email, I know this could expand to other niches, but there's a lot of people that can buy traffic. There are people that have a lot of experience, we're not going to doubt them. But more and more, all the networks are taking away control, right? They're becoming, you can call it AI, you know, AI-based. We can all discuss how that's made things worse in many ways for experienced media buyers. But the fact is there aren't as many levers that can be pulled. And so what are all agencies doing? They're going after the same type of unicorn clients, ultimately. They're looking to the clients that can scale, which means they're already converting at a certain amount. So from our point of view, and I know this sounds, um, you know, uh, self-benefiting, but the reason we're doing what we're doing is because ultimately what makes your clients offer work or not is conversions, right? It's what takes place in their offer. So if you're an agency over here offering just to run traffic, and they could do a lot of different things, which we can dive into, then you're going to be constantly with this churn. We talk all the time, like I, I was talking to another media buyer and they talk about the media buyer math. We got this big client coming on and we're figuring out what our percentage is gonna be and we're figuring all that out. And then you come in and you start running the, the offer and or offers and find it's just not converting the way it should be. And so then the disappointment comes. And so, you know, no amount of great media buying is going to fix an offer that isn't scalable or an offer that was scalable, but because of costs is no longer scalable. So I think what I wanted to say here is that one of however they do it, whether it's through product, whether it's through additional services, I think one of the biggest things that agencies should be taking a look at is how can they expand their offerings to partner with their clients in a way to help their clients grow their business. And that becomes a win-win situation. When you can help your client increase their conversions, when you can help an offer that may be doing okay, but just barely do better. When you can help them and work with them in that way, even if that's not currently in your comfort zone, now you're no longer a monthly expense because at least in talking and interviewing a ton, and you, you talk with a lot more agency owners than I do. From a client's perspective, no matter how good you are, no matter how good you are at, at selling, no matter how great your onboarding process is, ultimately, at some point, they're looking on their balance sheet and they're saying, you're an expense and I can plug in person two. And that's why you see, if we watch these forums and we watch these groups, people do agency hopping nowadays. That's like, a, so you spent time advertising or with referral, your salespeople or you were on your phone, you know, talking with the client, spending time with the client, you have this greatest onboarding experience, and then you get 90 days out of it. We've even heard, and forgive me, the opposite holds true. You have, and you're doing a great job, but you don't control the asset. So therefore, 
they take back their MCC account. And I've heard that scenario. So there's two sides that agency owners are being sandwiched between. If they do good, too good, well, they're getting paid too much. And the client perception, real or imagined, is we can do this in-house. And that gets taken away. If it's not doing well, it's not really your fault, but it's going to be blamed as your fault. It's like, you know, having a hole in a boat and pouring gasoline and there's only so much you can do. So I think that that agencies are in a precarious position and whether it's offering a product based solution or it's adding services that help them unique, you need something that's going to change that month, that I, that concept in their mind from a monthly expense to a monthly investment where they can see continual progress. So what you are saying, Scott, I think makes a huge difference, which is how do you change from being a cost to investment? And then how do you become part of the recurring uh, value that, uh, a, a, that a client wants to get out of a relationship? So again, I'm going to I'm going to draw parallels to what I did, which is not, I think, what uh, what your platform does, which is actually probably better and wish I no, discovered you like a long time <laughs> ago. Uh, but so what we would do is we get involved in their strategic planning. So we would because we knew that they were doing other marketing efforts that did not necessarily involve us. So we would actually hold a quarterly marketing planning meeting and an annual meeting to kind of put down the guideposts of here's what we're trying to accomplish and involve all the owners of the business in that. So that was a soft way of doing it, very services-based. But yep. by doing that, we could get agreement on what are we trying to achieve and what are the initiatives that are going to drive there and essentially become the agency of record for everything that's going on. Because if there was an email agency that they had prior and they hadn't gotten rid of them yet, we would be driving what those results would be. So it would be very hard for those other agencies to displace us. So that's what we did on a relationship perspective. But um, you've attracted from a, a different um, angle, which is a really good one, which is how do you take the ongoing service that you can render to a client and then turn that into something that is they feel like is a win on an ongoing basis? So I think this would be a good time, maybe if you could describe a little bit about the software platform that you built, which sure. full, full disclosure, I am a customer of, but I'm not being paid to do this. I'm actually paying Scott. So um, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, believer in, in this. And when I heard the value prop, I thought it was no brainer. So although I don't run an agency now for my own brands, for my e-commerce company, I'm, I'm working with Scott, but I, I'm so excited by this and the concept is so relevant to agencies. So Scott, why don't you talk about how you can drive ongoing um, benefit for, to a relationship with a technology like this? Okay, that's great. Before I even talk about, you know, the actual technology, right? We have a passion for conversion. So I'll talk about the platform. We allow um, people to help optimize offers and improve, improve conversions significantly. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But the way we do this and we work with and are pushing to work with even more agencies and to the point of this entire conversation is how do you become part of, in your words, the ongoing conversation? How do you go from becoming an investment, I'm sorry, from a, an expense to an investment? And the way we do that is imagine if you are actually the one or your team is the one that is helping them actually improve their offer. That you are the one, in essence, if we want to take a broader sense from their point of view, are building their business for them. So instead of just becoming, a, like we said, an expense that's billing them monthly, you are reporting to them 
on a weekly, bi-weekly with tests, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. Hey, we got a 10% increase. We got a 20% increase. Even this one that broke even, what are they seeing? How is the communication and conversation now shifting from how much did we spend, right? How much is this costing us to how are you actually helping us and how are you helping us build? And I've spoken with a lot of agencies and they tell the conversation, even from some very, very high strung clients that need to be in everything. All of a sudden it calms down the temperature because again, I think it's human nature. So we're not picking on a particular personality type or agency, but it's natural if they're spending a lot of money to then at some point, no matter how good your relationship is, or you feel it is, uh, you know, I, I'm jumping a little bit, but it's like, you know, you're only good as, as good as your last win. Like we mentioned earlier in this, the problem is that clients, and I'm talking all clients have a really short memory. So mm -hmm. in your case, there's going to be bad times. It has nothing. It may just be Facebook. It may be Google. It could be time of year. There's a ton of different things that go in to what creates that are completely out of the agency owner's control. That's a word that we use all the time, control. I think another way to frame part of this discussion would be how can an agency owner put themselves back in control, whereas they're not in control of the offer in most cases. They have no say. Clients, big and small, seven, eight, nine, and we'd be surprised, 10-figure companies have very little um, optimization or knowledge as to what's going on in their offers. There's a lot of reasons people succeed. It goes back to that media buying math and why people get disappointed. I just landed this big fish. And all of a sudden, you know, you spend a ton of time, you're jumping through hoops and wah, wah, wah. Because I don't care how good a media buyer you're not magic, right? right? So what we try to do on our end and the way we allow agency owners to gain a competitive edge is in two ways before I even talk about, well, I'll talk a little bit about the platform, but number one, if you can easily, and it can be done easily, control what's going on in your client's pages, control that testing, continually run testing, you're going to help provide continual improvement. So now you are in control. And with our platform, the agencies can do this without worrying about tech, without worrying about getting bogged down in their client's IT department or make them jump through hoops. And again, we can talk about the platform itself, but what we do is you put one piece of code, it's lightning fast. Um, I'll talk about what the platform can do, but I wanna talk more directly to agencies. Imagine being able to, this is there, to control your client's pages, control tests without messing with any of their tech. It's tech agnostic, so it doesn't matter what kind of platform they're using whether they're using um, a custom platform or Entreport or you know, Shopify or any of the num other numbers of here. It can be done with one piece of code. And the big thing is that, because as an agency, you know, the last thing you wanna be doing is back and forth with some guy in the tech, and let's face it, we have a lot of techs there. They build their own black boxes and it's not gonna be a fun relationship to deal with. But without affecting anything, without affecting any of your current tracking and be able to increase those conversions. So number one, to participate and actually drive the actual growth of the offer. The other thing, and I'll talk about in a minute, is we allow them to utilize our brand, our perception to be able to leverage 
the tech side of it because just mm -hmm. having access to something that is special that nobody else has or is aware of and to leverage that gives you a lot more perceived value. To the point of improving uh, conversions and control, you know, let's take a couple of scenarios. If we have a client, we're all after, everybody's after that unicorn client. The client that comes in, the client goes in, the client's scaling, you run your ads, because, you know, and they're going. Because we talk about media buying and agencies right. are process of a deduction, right? So you get that eight, you get that that one once in a while unicorn. But what do you do with those that are on the border? Those right. that most most of them. Right? Most of them, exactly. <laughs> what do you do with somebody that's just, you know, maybe they're profitable, maybe a little bit profitable, maybe they're losing a little bit. These are the majority of the offers out there, and they are mostly looking for some agency to save them. Mm -hmm. a, there's a saying that just popped in my mind, and I wish I knew who to attribute this to, and I say it all the time, right? And, and this is not, this is, you know, people listening that are buying traffic, this isn't negative them, but it's, you know, amateurs focus on traffic, experts focus on conversion. And the reason mm -hmm. for that is, and we could talk about this over there, is 80 to 90% of what's gonna make a campaign work is especially now, not any special levers that any agency, no matter how good they are, are going to pull in Facebook or in Google. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to be solved by something magical with traffic. It really lends on two sides, front end creative. So the ads, that's an area where agencies can play, but that's 10 to 15% of it. The other is 100% within the author owner's control and now within the agency owner's control. And I think when people come to grips with that, and again, we've just seen this over and over again, um, when they come to grips with that and they understand that, then you have a choice as an agency owner. Do you fight everybody else for the occasional unicorn and go through this churn, which I personally predict is just going to continue to get worse and worse? Have mm -hmm. even stories of good clients and speaking with agencies and Google's out to try to get them as a direct client after they build and nurture them. I mean, so you're not only competing against other agency owners. Now we could, again, discuss how poorly they probably would do dealing with Google's reps and having them run the traffic, right. but that's not the point. Um, so anyways, back to what we do, we help our platform specifically at the higher level enables with one piece of lightning fast code, we offer what we call lossless tracking, which just means that it's extremely accurate. It doesn't matter about iOS issues don't matter. Uh, clearing cookies don't matter. Cross device doesn't matter. And able to accurately track and test, be able to test a lot of stuff at once. So we have what we call our smart relational testing. So while these guys' competitors are testing page A versus page B or headline A versus headline B, we can test literally thousands of the equivalent of thousands of different variations in a single test without requiring much traffic, um, any more traffic, I should say, than they currently have. And in addition, if you want to talk about it, we have power in talking about being able to test the relationship. Now, I could talk about that for hours. That's just the higher level. But I think, right. and forgive me for, I just get passionate about this stuff. I think that the people listening, the agency's owners listening, right? They we're talking about two paths that I don't think are mutually exclusive. I would encourage all of them to participate, however that is, in the growth of their clients mm -hmm. in a way that is also scalable for them. So in our case, you know, we deal with more than just agency owners, but we make it easy, we make it quick. And it, it you know, 
I'll just throw this out there. Some charge significant amounts for the optimization as an additional skew. But if we throw that out the window and just look at how I believe business should work, and I know it sounds like, um, you know, Pollyanna, but it should be a truly people throw this out, win, win, win. Mm -hmm. And so who wins? Let's assume they were charging nothing. They're just doing this as a service. Now, again, they have the ability to, to charge and have a skew. Well, if you have all these middle of the road companies, we'll call them, or offers, not companies, that are getting thrown on the cutting room floor, so to speak. What I mean by that, it's just not working. And they're jumping. I met people just in our own thing that's already through their third agency. And I have right. to say to them, stop. It's not the agency. Stop. You know, that's not your it's problem. You. It's, it's you. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. You know, no, but what is this? Somebody used to saying that um, nobody wants to be told their baby's ugly, right? Which yeah. I thought stuck with me. And right. And it's yeah. true. Well, and so well, the, then, other half is, the other half is most babies are ugly. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that he said, not me. There you go. <laughs> so I, I just, I, um, I think that if you can participate in that growth in some way, form or fashion, you have now made yourself an asset that yeah. is hard to get. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Getting gold is hard. I just want to add this, the win, win, win. Even if you're not charging, if we throw all the other possible monetization strategies, if you take a client that may have been a 90 day client and a churn and burn, and you've now helped them, let's assume at the end of 90 days, they're not quite, they can in a single test, but let's just assume for conversation here, they're not really where they need to be. Mm -hmm. seeing onward progress. You're helping them improve their offer. You've now provided value. And then you get to a point where that client is now scalable. Now, mm -hmm. you no longer have churn, which we could talk about the expense to an agency is huge. To any business, churn right. is incredibly Churn's expensive. Mm -hmm. As you scale, we've had things where, you know, we've seen 85% increases in actual revenue. Now imagine taking a client that may have previously been thrown away. And now all of a sudden you can pour the gasoline on. They mm -hmm. are capable of scaling. You can build those clients. So I think the summary of that would be everybody's after here and everybody's going to go broke chasing those same group of clients. And so part of it from our standpoint, from our platform is to offer agencies the ability to help them with the offer. So let, let me zoom up because I think um, yes. what you were saying is 100% on point for anyone who's watching and they are in a direct response digital marketing agency. However, yep. at, at the biggest principle that you're talking about here, which you've gone over a few times, is how are you adding value and it, on an ongoing basis? And so that comes back to our solutions focus. Why does someone hire an agency? And they're hiring an agency because they think they're going to pay $1 and get more than $1 back, right? This yep. is an acquisition concept. So even if you're a development agency, right, which is a very different kind of agency shop, mm -hmm. you're like, maybe you're developing apps. Maybe this platform is not necessarily the thing you're going to use. You might use it for some acquisition, but becoming a part of their uh, churn decrease, right? How can you go through a process where you've got users of the app and they're churning out? So how can you participate in them getting a higher lifetime value of a customer? Or if you are on the advertising agency side, the same thing. How can you look at what happens after you run the advertisement? Yep. So there are so many uh, ways in which to do that, but it's, it's all about zooming up and thinking about how are you adding value in, in a way that is why you've been hired in the first place. Because if you were hired because you've made big promises about what you're going to do for the revenue generation, and then what you are actually delivering is this tiny slice of I run ads, 
yep. you're not really delivering on the promise because the promise is that you are going to partner with them to actually deliver their business goals. So what are the tools you can use to do that? So I, I think that when you zoom up, that that's the big takeaway principle, regardless of the kind of agency that you have. And that's just, that's good I, I business. I would agree with that. Just to add it to that, it's like, you know, it's in instead of niching, and I'm not saying niching to like when you did lawyers, but let's just take niching your services, looking mm -hmm. at your whatever you're offering, whatever agency type, whatever service type you're offering, instead of looking those through narrow lenses, we right. do X. I think where you're getting, and I think we're, you're right on the money, is that those days are, if not over, they're going to be. And so those that are going to thrive are going to be taking, like you put a higher level, a more holistic view. What else can we add that isn't just, especially by the way, for agency owners, you brought up apps, we're creating an app. Okay, then what? We are, you know, sending an email, we are buying traffic. Okay, and then what? If we are sending in any of these formats and the client isn't successful, the client isn't building, they're not able to take the next step, then like you said, we failed the client. And the best way to grow and the best way to be saleable and have an asset that can grow and be saleable is to be offering that. So I think that, that agencies really have to get outside of their, their small niche. I would just like to add that most agency owners I've met are capable of doing this. They have a real wide view, whether they realize it or not, of what's going on across either their one industry, but sometimes many different industries and many different businesses. So it is not as difficult as maybe somebody listening may think, well, I don't want, how am I going to train people for that? How am I going to do that? I think that it can be done much more, much more easily. And I know, again, we're talking in our case in, in conversion, most of the agencies we deal with, they, with a little bit of, you know, some training, a little bit of help, they already have that internal knowledge to be able to put that to work. I would also like to say that you don't have to be perfect. You have to provide services to help them get better. And in our experience, no one is. I think it would be kind of shocking. Well, maybe it isn't. I, it's severe. shocking to people to see how many, how little help businesses and offer owners really get. How many business owners will get a small slice and struggle through either whether it's multiple agencies or consultants to try to put all the pieces together. Some of them, and I've met, unfortunately, are like on a downward spiral to be burnt out. So I, I just, I guess that um, you're exactly right. Take a higher level look, 50,000 foot view and see what can you do, even if you don't want to go all in, um, what can you do to help with their next steps to help with that journey in a tangible way where you can give some sort of deliverable on a regular basis. And I'm not talking fancy reports or anything. These are there. They're just, you're doing something to help them grow. Yeah, I, I think, Scott, that you are 100% right. And so this is this is all about kind of thinking strategically. So maybe we, we can we can wrap up a little bit by uh, when you are looking at your business and you're thinking about like how are you going to uh, go forward? You've got a, you've got your tech platform. You're still doing some services on the tech platform as you got here. Yeah. Um, and you know, your your success is kind of what we've been talking about today, which is how do you partner with businesses in order to uh, essentially drive longer term relationships, 
um, and get better results over the long term. How are you looking at this in, in terms of what the success of your business is on a services and technology mix? Because for agency owners thinking, oh, maybe I want to build a platform uh, or, or do this in one way or another, maybe using someone else's tech, maybe using my own tech. How do you think about that? And what are you driving towards in the next, uh, in the next few years? Okay, so for us personally, uh, and I'll answer that in a, both for what we're looking at and maybe a little bit broader real quick as to how or potentially how some agencies could potentially look at it based upon what we did. Our primary goal, our primary driver, because it's the most scalable, which by the way is something for everybody listening to think about when you're talking about a product-based and why should they add, add it to there, it's scalable, right? It's much more scalable than a service-based business. I know that there are some that are fantastic and really, really good, but it is a uh, props to whoever's able to scale on the agency side to really, really large because it's just a grind for all the reasons that we could dive into. For us personally, we started out, as I said, with the idea of the tech. We believe in wholeheartedly. We love it, we eat and breathe it because we believe and we know from our there that it really is the lever that's gonna change businesses. So from our personal standpoint, our growth driver is on the product side. I should add to that product side plus education, product side plus work with you. So we just based upon time, resources, and looking forward um, are, I don't want to use the word shrinking, but we're much more cautious on the agency side and we'll mm -hmm. pick and choose. I will tell you, learn to love it. So I love the hands-on. I love working with businesses. I love growing and helping them do that. Just from a, however, a purely growth standpoint, it's not feasible. So one of the shifts that we're making now, and it's funny we're talking about it, we're doing this in a few different industries, is I would love, and our goal would be to, and I know this sounds like, you know, I don't know what the word is, but <laughs> forgive me, but you know, We'd like, in you know, working with looking at how we can train agencies and others that mm -hmm. are doing the service base to be able to offer this because we know when we talked about during this call, the benefits. So I think where our shift will come and where we're starting to make now is, of course, continuing to make the platform just better and better, working on the education and training and turn over if that's the right word, the services by training agencies that I think desperately, desperately need it mm -hmm. um, there to be able to utilize it as their own tech. So if somebody, you know, look, to create a own platform, I will tell you at least my own personal experience and somebody, unless somebody else has magic dust and, and is, you know, the golden touch and that has been a long, you know, fun, but arduous haul. So it's not easy to produce something, in my person, really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy to produce, you know, some smaller apps, some smaller services. So from our personal standpoint, that's the direction we're going in. Um, from agencies listening to here and how they can do it, well, one way, again, Salisbury, is we would love if somebody feels this is appropriate to talk with and, and help you know, help potential train them up or give them access to the software. From an app-based standpoint, from a service-based standpoint, which is what we talked about, them creating their own products. I think that they have unique, if they, if they expand their thinking a little bit and take a step back from the, that's not me, that's not what I do and I can't do it, and attack mm -hmm. the specific problems and they can find specific solutions. 
I think that there is a perfect avenue for them to do that as well. Mm -hmm. My caution would be to spend the time using your own tool, doing it for them. I mean, we didn't even dive into that. I mean, we, we found out just, just so much and different levels of business and the whole bit. That way, when you do put something out in the marketplace, you not only have credibility, you not only have marketing assets like case studies, but you don't have that negative consequence. So I would say that right. it is absolutely very possible. And I'm also coming from a perspective where we built sort of a monster. What I mean by that is it's not a small individual product or service, but there are, I am sure, a million and one different smaller solutions. And mm -hmm. anything that is going to add a physical real asset with recurring revenue that has scale is going to help improve the bottom line of the agencies and to exit is going to improve significantly their um it's going to their attractiveness to mm -hmm. buyers and investors and the multiples that they're ultimately going to get yeah i think that's that's a that's a perfect summation i could have couldn't have done it better myself i, I think that uh, when you're thinking about an exit and you're thinking about the value of the company having that asset is is everything what is that asset and who wants it so and you know like it or not tech is tech has a very very different um uh profile yes. uh, that investors want um you know i've talked to a few agency owners have you know done what what you've done mm -hmm. uh and you know they get bought for numbers that are significantly higher than a traditional yeah. services business it doesn't mean that that's right for everybody um nope. but it's at least we've heard today that it is an option. And uh, thanks for sharing, Scott. Thanks for sharing about how you did it. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, no, it's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. I love talking about it. All right. Great. And uh, Scott, since um, you know I work with you uh, anyway directly, I'll be talking to you soon. And for everyone yep. else, thanks for joining for this episode. Fantastic. <laughs>